What is up? Welcome into No Credentials with Sean Leary. My name is Sean Leary. I don't have any credentials. Don't have a press pass. I'm not a beat reporter. I'm following these games just like you are. This is going to be a massive, massive week one of the NFL recap review episode. Today, recording from Sherman Oaks, California, here at the crib, September 13th of the 2022 year of our Lord. Late afternoon here, I got my coffee, I got my water, I got my notebook chock full of analysis, NFL breakdowns. I'm going to get started with discussing a few points. Most impressive team, most impressive player, most disappointing team, most disappointing player, most optimistic team, most pessimistic team, team I expected more from. Team I expected less from, where my expectations hit. Uh, we'll do overreaction or not an overreaction. You know how we like to do that. I've, I'm stealing. I'm just straight up stealing that game from all the other media outlets. But you don't come to this show for the media outlets games. Yeah, the games are fun, but you come for Daddy. You come to listen to Daddy talk to you about sports because you know just as much as I do. So it's fun to hear somebody at the same level. Yeah, and I'll throw a couple of my biddies in there. You'll learn a lot. About jokes. Uh, You know what? You probably won't learn a lot about jokes because I don't have a lot of good jokes. I'm kind of just goofing around and then that comes off as funny. I'm not a very good joke writer, to be completely honest. It's got to be in the moment. I'm not not one of those Harvard uh, uh, boys that write the jokes over at SNL. I got good sketch ideas, but I'm not doing dialogue. So we'll do not an overreaction or overreaction for a few things. I'm going to give you a big takeaway one big takeaway, I know uh, Scotty Van Pelt does one big thing or whatever. All of these concepts are the same. Everything is plagiarized. We're all stealing from everything else. It, there's only so many ideas. So we're going to do, I'm going to do one big takeaway from this weekend. I'm excited to talk about just kind of something that I saw, just this mission statement of what I saw in week one of the NFL. Um, and then we'll get out of here with some picks for the upcoming games. So week two is obviously two days away, Thursday night with Chiefs Chargers. So we got to get these picks in for week two. That's what I I love about when the NFL season is back. It's it's a good saturation of content throughout the whole week. Tuesday and Wednesday are quite lame. You know, Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be lame because Monday night football, we got got games. And Monday all day leading up to the game, we got talking about Sunday's games. And then Wednesday sucks, no games, nothing to talk about. You know, first week of first day of practice of the week, so we find out who's who's banged up, who's nicked up. Thursday we got a game, which is great. Friday we have analysis of Thursday game, said said Thursday game, plus analysis for the Sunday game. Also, it's Friday. We all love Friday. Then Saturday's Saturday. We're all crushing beers and having a great time. Sunday is games are back. So it's loaded. We're loaded here, you know. I I had a great weekend. Only had five beers Sunday, one beer Monday. Huh? How about that? How about your boy? Had five Mickeys on Sunday. Mickey Ultras, not the grenades. Monday night had one brewski. Barely even finished the one brewski on Monday night. So I'm feeling good, body conscious, athlete beer. Hoping to have that sponsorship with Anheuser-Busch signed very soon. Cash money, big daddy. Uh, Check for that announcement soon. Hopefully we get that done. All right, let's get into it. I'm only talking football this week. If you came here listening to look to listen to some Yankees, uh, I can't speak. If you came over here looking for Yankees talk, you came to the wrong place. 
because today it's all NFL. Uh, I'm excited. I really liked week one. Kind of some slop, but a lot of good. I like that a bunch of nonsense happened. I like that we had, what did we have? 10 under or 10 teams, 10 underdogs. What was it? I don't know. I, I, I don't have any statistics. I don't have any credentials in front of me, but we're going to run down the list here and we're going to talk about week one. So first out of the gate is most impressive team. Now, I think everybody and their dog wants to go Buffalo here, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. They're putting up a 40-burger on the road against a team that was in the playoff flat, in the playoffs last year. Their quarterback and coach just got new contracts. Roses in Arizona, and the Chiefs just went in there and boat raced them. At one point, they were up 37-7. to The Chiefs didn't turn the ball over. Patrick Mahomes was unequivocally better than Josh Allen. I don't care what you say. The Chiefs had a better performance than the Buffalo Bills this weekend. The most impressive team was the Chiefs. No Tyreek Hill. They go into Arizona on the road in another team's home opener with coaches and contracts. Coaches and quarterbacks get new contracts, and they slaughter them. Yes, no Hopkins. Yes, no Rondell Moore. But my God, they boat raced them. Mahomes was throwing dots all over the field, five tutty smacks, spreading it around. The the run, the Clyde Edwards, when Clyde Edwards Hilaire is making plays and has two touchdowns, the Chiefs are clicking. That nobody has what the Chiefs have when they are clicking. Yeah, Josh Allen can run around all he wants and bang his head on the turf and take full full body blow tackles all day. It's it's gonna catch up to him. And they had some sloppy moments, some fumbles, an interception, not I don't know how you could go through week one and have the Bills as the favorite. The The Kansas City Chiefs played an almost perfect NFL football. It was incredible. The most impressive team of the weekend was the Chiefs. Their kicker goes down, and they have a safety that's kicking bombs. Okay, Andy Reid, you got the coach, you got the quarterback, you got the home field advantage at Arrowhead. Ah, this is going to be a real good Chiefs season. Another good Chiefs season. Could I, could you imagine if I could talk? If I could speak? Mm. I'm drinking this coffee in the hopes that it gets the synapses in my brain to connect better to my mouth because my mouth's not doing well. Mm. God, if I was on the, if I was you know employed by somebody for this right now, I'd be fired. This is ridiculous. I can't speak. The most impressive team of the weekend was the Chiefs. And if you don't think that, you're biased. I, I just nobody else went in and did what they did on the road against a playoff team. The Bills, yes, went on the road and crushed the Rams, but they're they were not as impressive as the Chiefs. What was what was the Bills had multiple turnovers. They should have won the game more. The Chiefs did what the Bills should have done. They walloped and didn't have mistakes. And I like the coaching in Kansas City better. And I like the quarterback in Kansas City better. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs, the most impressive team in week one. And you got to kind of think so. And if you don't think so, you're just, you know, kind of sick of the Chiefs or you're just obsessed with Josh Allen. All right. This next one might be a little controversial. I don't know why would it's not controversial, but you may not agree. Most impressive player. The most impressive player that I saw over the weekend was Zadarius Smith, pass rusher for the Minnesota Vikings. 
Here's just a little caveat into how I think about the National Football League or sports or anything in general. It's when someone who is completely removed from any action, who doesn't follow football, and is just a spectator for the sake of being a spectator. We had Molly, our great friend Molly DeMoskalaskano. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. It's a tough pronounce. She is of uh, Lace. She's a star of the show Lace on BET+. She's a great friend of ours. She came over watching the game. And... When we're watching the Minnesota Vikings, they have a tight shot on the Vikings defensive line. It's like three quarters through the first. It's like 12 minutes into the first quarter, right? It's it's at the end of the first quarter, and they do a tight shot on Zadarius Smith and some of the other boys. And it's just – and I saw it, and, and this is where I know when something's the real deal. She just goes, holy S, the Vikings are huge. Who's that guy? And she was pointing to Zadarius Smith. And I felt the same way. He is bigger and badder and better than everyone. He was the best player on the field. I mean, I know Justin Jefferson went crazy. I feel like that was a little bit more of why is no one guarding this guy? But like Zadarius Smith, are you kidding me? He straight up destroyed a lineman and then destroyed the biggest running back with the viral leg muscles in the league oh my god Zadarius Smith was a monster he was terrifying the look in his eye he looked like a villain in a Disney movie it was nuts I had never seen anything like it like I know there's some bad boy pass rushers Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald are freaks yes but I saw something from Zadarius Smith over the weekend oh my god if he can play like this, this is a 13-win football team. This guy stays held like, holy. You saw it. You felt If you watched that Vikings-Packers game, Zadarius Smith looked like he was on meth in a good way. Like he could have broken through sheetrock, 22 miles an hour, Red Bull heartbeat. Like his muscles were so big and he was so huge and fast and he threw A.J. Dillon down like it was a child. I was so impressed with Zadarius Smith. He may not have had the best day in terms of statistics. Some some guys had more. Khalil Mack obviously had three sacks, but I was so impressed with Zadarius Smith. I had no idea this guy was such a monster. I knew he was all pro with the Packers. But holy Christ, he looked nine feet tall, six feet wide, and was running like a truck. He was like a ram truck with nuts. Damn, dude. Zadarius Smith was the most impressive player I saw over the weekend. Okay. Most disappointing team. We have most impressive. We got the Chiefs. The most disappointing team. So I'm not going to go Cowboys here just because that was kind of expected, a step back. I mean, and there's an injury. But, man, I got to go Colts. This is a team that I expected to win the division, a potential 12-13 win team, home playoff game, run the ball. They have 500 yards of offense, and they tie Davis Mills and first-year Lovey Smith. They tie. They kick balls out of bounds. They miss field goals. They have penalties, stupid mistakes. And I'm going to get to this later on. I, I, Frank Reich is in trouble. The, the Indiana, this is the fifth straight season where you're just 
scratching your head. I mean, this is like their eighth straight loss in week one, but like some of them are understandable against good teams. This is, again, the last two games that the Colts have played, they have lost to terrible teams. No business losing to these teams. They have way more talent. I know you don't have Shaquille Leonard. For those who don't know, that's Darius Leonard. I just don't. I can't believe they went in there and tied that game. What a dis! They should have scored thirty-four. That is a disappointing, disappointing team in the Colts, who a team I have high expectations for. We got a lot of listeners in the area, a lot of fans. Tony Redino, the guy, the dude, the badass himself. I feel for you. I feel for the Colts kids, man. I feel for you, Colties. God, it's like they didn't even play. That game didn't even happen, and their bodies got rocked. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. To to go, it's Davis Mills. Stop Brandon Cooks, and you win the game. No, no, let's let, excuse me, let's let O.J. Howard just go absolutely crazy. Guy couldn't even do anything in Tampa. A Tampa team that threw the ball 50 times every game. This guy never did a thing. Comes to, comes to Houston, instantly torches the Colts. What are we doing? Where's Frank Reich? Is he actually a bad coach? Good coordinator, bad coach? Because it seems like that's kind of the trend. I heard Colin Coward say it on TV today. 70% of coordinators fail as head coach, head coaches. So is he just reverting to the norm here? Is Frank Reich not actually? I thought he was. I liked him on Hard Knocks. But I don't know. I don't know if he is the guy. Maybe he's too tightly wound. Maybe he's a little too... A little too churchy. I don't, these churchy guys, I don't know. Carson Wentz I, has a weird career. Real churchy. Kirk Cousins, weird career. Real churchy. And Frank sounds like he's a church boy himself. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Do your churches. Church up. I'm not anti, I'm anti-religion. I'm not anti-non-denomination you know, non-denomination of church. Get your church on. Get your Lord on. Uh, something something shows me that there there's a weird disconnect. Point to a real churchy guy who's won a Super Bowl. Who are the who are the is Mahomes real churchy? Is Brady real churchy? I don't think so. Rogers ain't churchy. Did we saw saw what happened to Teebs? Timmy Teebs. Timmy Teebs went full churchy. How'd that go? Most disappointing team was the Colts. Not a fan of what they put out there. And it's Matt Ryan. I'm I'm just going to say, I don't think Matt Ryan's that good. Guy's had one great season, a couple decent ones. I just don't think he's that good. He doesn't have elite arm strength. He's not fast. He doesn't have escapability. He's not that cerebral. The pre-snap isn't impressive. Stupid mistakes. What are we getting with Matt Ryan if he doesn't have Kyle Shanahan? I don't think he's good. I think this is a bottom 15 quarterback. I know they got really excited to bring him in, but I'm not seeing it. I, I, you bring him, this is a former MVP, can't go win in Houston with one of the most loaded rosters he's had in, since like 2016. Can't win in Houston. Man, I'm disappointed in the Colts. Disappointed in Frank, disappointed in Matt, disappointed in Jonathan, the whole, the whole crew. Most disappointing teams, the Colts. Most disappointing player, Trey Lance. I know it's a monsoon out there, but like it just doesn't look right. Misses the tight end early in the game on an easy touchdown. Doesn't seem to be much of a leader in terms of he's got that Kyler Murray look on his face kind of thing. Now he's way more likable than Kyler. 
Trey at least has like a little bit of smile to him every once in a while and doesn't think he's smarter than everybody, but he does not look like a NFL franchise. I'm going to take us down the field and crush. A lot of these young guys just don't have that vibe anymore. I mean, maybe Malik Willis does, but I'm just not really seeing that, that, that epic leadership. I mean, fields, I think fields has it the most out of any of these young guys. I liked him. I liked him on Sunday. had a good time, but Trey Lance was disappointing, right? Like this is, this is the Bears who are not supposed to be good. One of the worst rosters. You know, Chris Sims said it himself. The Chicago Bears don't even like their roster. Basically, everyone's on waivers. They claim in everybody. They don't have anybody good. Uh, Moon is Mooney even playing? They didn't even have to. Mooney didn't even play, and you win by two scores. I mean, he played, but he didn't do anything. They got they got no. How did you lose by two scores to the Bears? I know it's a monsoon. But, like, you have big guys and fast guys and studs. You have better players. I know you're on the road. But, I mean, that was awful. Ten points against the Bears. Trey Lance, who's supposed to be a freak. I I just, it was disappointing. I just was really disappointed in Trey Lance. And, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the Bears in the game. But I'm rooting for Trey Lance's career. Man. Talk about another North Dakota State mess i don't know doesn't look good jimmy g's getting ready to get called up all right uh most optimistic team that's kind of i'm kind of like um this is one of those where i kind of feel like i'm answering on behalf of the franchise and most optimistic is the the superlative or whatever that we're the name what we're going to give I've got two teams here that I think are the most optimistic after week one that nece- weren't necessarily maybe that that anything prior to the game, if that makes sense. So most optimistic team moving forward, I'm going to go with a tie here between the Browns and the Commanders. Now, you got to be optimistic for the Browns. They go in there. They win the game. The running game is the catalyst. Jacoby doesn't have to do really anything. The defense plays great. You get a W on the road, last second, you steal it. You get to 1-0. You stack a win without Deshaun Watson. That's huge. You get the Jets with Flacco coming to your place for the home opener next week. You can stack two wins without Deshaun Watson. That 11-week suspension is starting to not look that bad. I think you got to be optimistic about the Browns, especially with Chubb and Hunt looking really good. You win a close game with a backup quarterback is always a good feeling. Your rookie kicker bombs one. You got to love Stefanski. He's got the right temperament. He seems like a head coach kind of guy. You know, he learned in the Viking system for years and then was able to go somewhere and do some of the opposites. He's not ruling with fear. He's a young players coach. You got to feel optimistic about the Browns. You get the Jets at home. If you can if you can get 4 and 3, Watson comes back, or, or or what are we thinking? Uh, five and three. How many games is he gonna miss? Ten. Is he suspended eleven games or eleven weeks? So if they can go five and five, or five and six, six and five, I I don't think it's crazy. I really don't. You got to be optimistic about the Browns, and then the other ones, the Commanders. Dallas loses Dak. You instantly leapfrog them. Wentz is better than Jones, and Wentz is better than uh, Hurts. I know, I know, Philadelphia is the darling here, but I really think this blueprint's going to come out on how to stop them. 
Tampa had it easy in the playoffs. Last. It was so easy for them to stop Philadelphia. I, I, I think Philadelphia has a ceiling here. So unless Jalen Hurts can really pocket pass, because we're watching Lamar do it. I know there was some stats out about Hurts having some good down-the-field numbers, but you don't get to play Detroit and their awful defense every week. Okay? So the commanders, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling optimistic because Carson Wentz was making plays. He was doing his dumb crap and throwing it directly to linemen, and they almost lost the game to a team that's not any good. But you got to feel good when you see the Dallas crumble. The Giants need everything in the world to pull out a miracle. You got to be optimistic that Carson went for four tutties. I mean, I just this was a team that I had six and eleven. It's a it's a it's a crap team. I don't love what Rivera's been doing for years. He's he's part of the Bill Parcells system, but it, they embraced the passing game and went for it. I hate the franchise. I hope they're terrible, but you got to be optimistic about the Commanders. Okay, the most pessimistic team. This is easy. It's Dallas. What an absolute disaster. Could not have been a worse. It was literally the worst opening day I think I've ever seen for a franchise. When you have offensive line questions coming into the game and one minute in, you lose your offensive lineman. Uh, you have no talent on the outside. Um, and they you see the entire game before your star quarterback gets injured that the wide receivers cannot generate any separation whatsoever. Your quarterback cannot elevate the below-average receivers. Your star, quote-unquote, wide receiver is not a superstar. He is just a solid player. Uh, It's an absolute disaster. And then you lose Dak Prescott, by the way, who was having the worst game of his NFL career. He had a 25 quarterback rating. He was about 6 of 17. The balls were awful. Nothing was good. Even the ones he completed looked like picks. His pick into triple coverage was that of just a rookie. He's getting worse since the middle of last year. I don't... I Something's going on with him. I, I said this to my buddy David in Minnesota. He's been hurt and missed time three out of the last four seasons. I'm sorry. This is my favorite NFL player. I don't know if he's the guy, and that's painful. One playoff win, a couple bad performances, roller coaster of a career. Without Tyron Smith or Amara Cooper, he's average. Um, Damn, this bums me out because I love the person. I love the look. The Jordans, the wristbands, the jersey, the star. He's got it down at the podium. Star in the commercials. Good smile. Great in the community. Every setback in the world has hit him as a person. Lost his mom. Lost his brother. Busted his foot. Busted his ankle. His calf. His lat. His shoulder. His face. And now this. A friggin' thumb. He's going to be just like Russ last year. Come back way too early. The Dallas Cowboys season is over. It's not even being pessimistic. It's being realistic. The Dallas Cowboys are a four-win football team. Even with Dak, the way that they looked against Tampa, this looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL. With a healthy Dak Prescott playing against a banged-up Tampa team in a home opener, they're running trick plays. They're they're doing whoopsie-daisy over to Pollard, throws it back to see. It's trash. It's a terrible product, and they were the. I'm the most pessimistic about Dallas. Their entire fan base is, the media is, and this is something that'll go back to last season. Dallas is the one team that everyone calls correct. 
And I didn't realize it until the playoffs last season. The matchups come out. It's San Francisco versus Dallas. And I go, wow, why is everybody picking San Francisco? And literally all of the analysis from medias to average Joes was they're more physical. The 49ers will push them around. This is the best defense, the worst matchup they could get. Dallas is screwed. Look for the Niners to crush them. And I just, I didn't get it. I didn't really get it. And then bang, that exactly happens. Cut to the offseason. Everyone's low on Dallas. Man, they don't have a lot of talent. Oh, losing Cooper for nothing. They don't bring in any receivers. I don't know if Dak's going to elevate these receivers. They got no offensive line. This is a maybe a six-win team. And I'm like, what? I look at the schedule. I see they have Dak. I see they have Lamb. You still have Micah. And then they go out and they do that. Even when they were fully healthy, it was the worst product on the field in the NFL this weekend. Uh, right? What? What? Maybe the Cardinals? Uh, what was worse than Dallas this weekend? When they were healthy, it was some hot garbage. And now I'm starting to understand the hate that this franchise gets. We'll talk more about it in my one big takeaway. But man, what a pessimistic situation in Dallas. All right. I expected more. This is the next category. We got two categ- uh, three categories left. I expected more. I expected less. And my exact expectations. I expected more from these three teams. The Broncos, the Cardinals, and the Raiders. The Broncos. You score 16 points. You scored 16 points when you're a... You're supposed to have a high-flying let Russ cook offense. You didn't even let Russ sous chef. You didn't even let him cut onions. 16 points. I hated the shotgun run plays out of the uh, at the goal line. They were passing the ball so well all night. They get down in the red zone, and they stop. I know I have Russ in my, in my Bachelor Bachelorette Fantasy League, but I just I don't understand when teams get way too cute at the goal line. If it's a one quarterback sneak, there's been one franchise quarterback injury on a sneak in the last five years, and it was Mahomes when he when he had a bad ankle in the first place. This is the kind of stuff. Don't overthink it. Sometimes Madden and trust in your just quarterback sneak it or throw a quick out route to one of your massive big body receivers. They've been stuffing you at the goal line all night. They're stuffing those runs. The guys are fumbling. The ball. There's offensive line issues. You're getting false start penalties. I expected so much more from a veteran quarterback to offense. And then the defense, you got Chubb just plowing into Geno Smith, giving free yards. What are you coaching over there? You're coaching to go do that? You're not sending a message. You're sending 15 yards. I, I don't understand this Broncos team. What the hell was that? You are the Denver Broncos. You are a premier franchise in the National Football League. You got one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in the front office. You got one of the greatest quarterbacks ever basically running the media department. You got Manning. You got Elway. And then now you have Russ. It's a dream come true. What the hell was that? 16 points? Coaching scared at the end? You don't know what the hell you're doing? God, I expected more. Arizona Cardinals. You are a playoff team at home playing the Kansas City Chiefs and you don't get up for it? What the hell? You kidding me? You guys get to host the Super Bowl this year and you come out in the 4 o'clock window on a 
opening week NFL Sunday with new contracts for your coach, your GM, your friggin' quarterback, and you get destroyed. It's just, that was pathetic. So close to being the most pessimistic team. Arizona's in trouble. I, I've, I've, you know, I don't like Kingsbury, and I'll get to more of that here in the next couple of segments, but my God, Arizona, what the hell was that? What, where's the heart? They have no heart, no leadership, no gusto. I don't even need to say anymore. They just got absolutely boat raced, not close in any way, shape, or form. Pathetic performance from a former playoff team from last season. You just don't, you don't get bopped in your home. How do you not get up for the Chiefs in your home opener? It's because you don't care. Your quarterback would rather be doing Call of Duty. He'd rather be landing Halo at Adam Olm's basement. Shout out Adam Olm from my high school. One of my friend, uh, high school friends who was a school friend where you're only really friends with him at school. But we would go rock Halo lands at his basement. So we weren't just school friends. So that was a stupid analogy. But you all had one of those friends that you were only tight with at school, never hung out with outside of school. Another one, Evan Washacek. All right. And then the third team I expected more from was the Raiders. Um, it's a divisional game. You know this team. Why are you throwing three picks, Derek? Why are you th- How are you throwing three picks with Josh McDaniels as your quote as your head coach? Like this is the Bill Belichick. Don't turn the ball. What are you doing throwing three picks? The deep ball to Adams was absurd. He had some great throws, but like Derek, three picks in a controlled environment. No elements. It, it's a place that you've played well at. I, I don't. I expected more from the Raiders. You know, I expected a more buttoned up product. It was a little bit of the Devontae Adams show, which was great. But man, did I expect more from the Raiders. I expected you to be scoring 28, 30 points, being, being in a better position to win that game. Having a better answer for Khalil Mack. Like you got all season to prep for those edge rushers. Don't love it. <clears throat> All right. I expected less. So basically, these teams exceeded my expectations. Uh, the Giants, the Jets, and the Seahawks. So the Giants, that's another one of those teams I don't think is good. If Saquon Barkley is good, they can win. They can win. Like, win a couple games. But, like, I saw this team last year without him. They're the worst team in the NFL without him. They couldn't even throw a, a first down. Now, Daniel Jones is back healthy, but man, if they don't have Saquon Barkley going absolutely nuts, they're the they're just awful. They're just god awful. So I expected less. I expected them to lose that game 28 to 10 or something, but Saquon put the team on his back and pulled him back in it and won the game. Daniel Jones tried to throw a friggin' terrible interception, which he did, tried to give the game away. But man, Barkley got him the dub, and I expected way less. Dayball with the big sack nuts. Going for it, going for two. I was sitting on the couch by myself. I go, they should go for two, and they did. When you're a terrible team on the road against the number one seed in the AFC last year, you don't go OT. Randy Bullock hits that in OT, and you lose. You put the pressure on them, he misses it in regulation. Loved the Giants. Loved Brian Dayball. Don't expect it to last, but I expected less. The Jets. So I know they lost 24-9, to and they're bad. And Flacco's terrible, and they're not going to win games. But, like, they outgained the Ravens. They held the Ravens to 13 first downs. They didn't let the Ravens run around, and they played physical on defense. I think that's why Robert Sala is so salty and wants receipts is because 
that game was way closer than 24 to 9. It's just that they the Ravens are just brutal. They're just relenting. They're relentless. They're they're just it's the worst possible matchup for for week 1. Uh credit to Chris Sims for for breaking this down is essentially they just throw everything at you. They do not care about the playbook. They just blitz. They it, they confuse quarterbacks. And if you can't move, you're terrible. And that's Flacco. And the Jets just don't have great when you play the Ravens, you got to be absolutely buttoned up special teams. you got to be absolutely buttoned up all over the place. And that's not the Jets. But, man, their defense played tough. Sauce Gardner was great. The defensive line, they're going to hit some people. This is a tough team. This is going to be a tough out. I expected less from the Jets. I expected less. The Seahawks, they got a dub against Russ when he was trying to cook on Monday night. This was great. Like, Geno looked awesome. I know it was really intermediate throws, and a lot of guys have looked awesome for a couple games in the NFL, but I expected less. I expected this team to score about 17, but like not in the way that they did. I thought it would be a slog, and it would they'd be down a lot, and they'd have to piece and claw to get to 17 while the Broncos are in the 30s. Now, Broncos dominated the game in terms of yards and plays, but the Seahawks were buttoned up. Yeah, they had a couple Rashad Penny long runs, called back but they just looked like a team that was well coached knew what they wanted to do and it's not going to be a pushover they're going to have a lot of heart this Seahawks team it's reminding me of kind of Detroit last year where a couple things bounced their way they win eight games win seven games like this is a really tough team this is going to be a tough tough out um I expect Gino to throw some picks here and have some rough moments. It says, it says what are we doing? 17 games now? These are long ass seasons. These are some long ass seasons. Don't be surprised the Seahawks team wins nine games or they completely collapse, but I expected less. I expected less. Uh, exact expectations. Where were my exact expectations met? And that's Cliff Kingsbury. Like, this guy's terrible. How did he get an extension? What? Why was he hired in the first? I do not understand what Cliff Kingsbury is. He's never won. His teams get worse. What is happening? He calls out how bad they're practicing, which is his himself. He's giving him himself the hot seat. Yeah, we, we got to practice better. You're the coach. He seems dumb. Like, I don't like this guy. I, I, he seems like kind of a douche. Not not a good coach. I don't get good sound bites. Nothing redeeming about the personality. Has the fireplace on in 106-degree Arizona heat for a social media picture. Like, this guy sucks. I think this guy's a poser. This Cardinals situation is a joke. There's no culture. Oh, yeah, we got to practice better. Uh, stop playing Call of Duty. That's you. My expectations were met with the Cardinals coaching staff just being a complete dumpster fire. We've been saying this for a year on the show. I don't get it. I don't know. Is it because he's handsome? Is it because he was Brady's backup? There's nothing to point to anything good. What is what is this? The offense that he runs, the air raid, it doesn't work. They were the worst team in the history of the playoffs last year in terms of performance. I've never seen a worse thing in my life. What what are we doing? Extension? Let's give this guy an extension. What if I'm a Cardinals fan? I'm like, what the? What are we doing? This guy sucks. There's no heart. There's no leadership, and my expectations were met. 
Exactly. By Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. Real quick before we get to the picks, I want to do one big takeaway. I have one big takeaway from this weekend, and it piggybacks off what I just said. One big takeaway is that culture is everything. And the coaching staff and the ownership and the general manager create the culture. Look at the culture in Kansas City. Fun. Loose. Andy Reid. It's so loose his son's drinking beers and getting into car accidents. Player friendly. Ownership in lockstep and key with general manager, lockstep and key with coach and quarterback. And it trickles down the line. Look at this situation over the weekend. Kevin O'Connell takes over for the Minnesota Vikings with a brand new general manager. Players coach, loose. They're at Top Golf. They're goofing around. There's no off-season drama between Zimmer and Cousins. Culture is everything. Look at the performance. Look at week 1. The Minnesota Vikings looked like a team of confidence. Where do you think that starts? At the mother trucking top. Kevin O'Connell comes in and changes the culture. The new GM comes in and sets the tone. We will not be run by fear. We will look at each other in the eye in the hallway and ask how we're doing. We will communicate. We will be one. Look at the situation in Miami. You bring in McDaniel. Instantly changes the culture. Loose, fun, player, coach. Nuts and bolts are finely tuned. You come from the Shanahan system. O'Connell comes from the McVay system. You see it in week one. A fundamental change in the organization. Another instance, Brian Dayball from the Sean McDermott, Andy Reid tree. Setting the tone, we have big nuts and penises, and we are going to win games. I don't care what you think. Going for two, shove it, Vrabel, in your face. Cut your dong off for that. Culture is everything. It can change everything. The Vikings waited too long to fire Mike Zimmer. You you have to have the culture. I know that everybody's looking for the next Mahomes or the next, you know, freaky arm. That's why Zach Wilson's getting drafted. Trey Lance is getting drafted. But, man, is culture everything. Here are the three examples where it's not working, and it's clear. The Indianapolis Colts, there is something wrong with the culture. You can see it. They go from quarterback to quarterback, year in and year out. There's a reason Andrew Luck retired Their owner is eccentric, meddles, a little too involved, maybe not on the same page as the general manager and the coach, the Carson Wentz situation, not on the same page. Jim Ursay, very strange, at auctions, trying to do things, on Twitter, constantly involved, maybe too involved. Something isn't working. Frank Reich, I don't know, not connecting. It feels like it's not working because culture is everything. We saw it on Hard Knocks last year. 
The Colts never really fell like a full unit. Granted, a lot of that maybe had to do with Carson, but it just feels like culture is everything. And we saw it last night as well. Nathaniel Hackett bringing in an offensive system, $240 million quarterback, and they take the ball out of his hands. That's a fundamental opposite of what this entire process was supposed to be. You're going from a Vic Fangio defense that scores 16 points a game to a Russell Wilson with an offensive coordinator that loves to make plays, and you decide not to do that in the crunch time? That is a failure at the highest level from coaching. Coaching is culture. Culture is everything. That is now a bad situation in Denver. When bad situations happen, I don't love it. Culture is everything. I don't love the culture in Denver right now. Are the players going to buy into this? You don't love a first-year head coach having the most boneheaded move of the season. Interesting. Something's not working ever since Manning left. I thought this was going to be it. They get new ownership. Haven't been to the playoffs since 2015. Damn. You got to be worried about the culture in Denver. And then this next one is obvious. The Dallas Cowboys. Your owner, and I saw it on Sunday night when he was on the field. He does not look 100% present. I, I don't take that for what it means. It's the same as our president. There's just a couple things not working there, synapsis wise, firing cylinders. He's going on radio shows before there's even x rays. He's making personnel moves. They get rid of Amari Cooper for absolutely nothing. They just get fleeced all over. They let players walk. It's a horrible culture. The owner, the son of the owner is the GM. The coach does not coach away penalties. We saw that with Denver last night. If you're a highly penalized team, that is culture. You do not value discipline. And if you do not value discipline, how are you a head coach? Mike McCarthy has proven to not be a good head coach. We saw it in the playoffs last year. This is bad coaching breeds bad culture. Starts at the top. Culture is everything. Coaching is culture. I do not love what is going on in Indianapolis, Denver, and Dallas. Now, I think Denver can figure it out, but there is something clearly going on in Indianapolis and Dallas. Okay, I got a little ahead of myself here. I wanted to do three quick overreactions or not an overreaction. I'm stealing premises from other shows. I already did the one big takeaway, but let's do overreaction or not an overreaction. First one, the Cowboys season is over. We've already talked about this. Not an overreaction. Their season is over. The first part of their schedule is the tough part. No Dak, no wins. They weren't going to be good anyway. Cowboys season is over. Not an overreaction. Up next, Nathaniel Hackett will be fired. That's an overreaction. I know a lot of people in Denver want him to be fired. And you know what? You could make a pretty decent case of, holy cow, that was so weird and bad that he should be fired. And the new ownership 
I don't, they don't want to start off like this, but like, it's an overreaction. It was a bonehead move. He came out today, Tuesday the 13th, basically the next day after, and just said he messed up. In hindsight, they definitely should have went for it. I don't know why the confidence in the kicker there, super weird. Peter King called it hubris, but I, I just really think they didn't know what to do. I just think he panicked. And McMahon, he heard somebody in his ear just be like, yo, McManus is good from the 46. Go to the 46. It's just one of those. It's like, I think they might be okay, but I'm worried about the culture. When you start with all these penalties and stupid mistakes, that's coaching. Coaching is culture. Um, Joe Burrow is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Not an overreaction. I know that doesn't really make sense for this game, but I just believe it. That's not an overreaction. I think Joe Burrow is the most overrated NFL quarterback. He was given keys to the comeback player of the year when he had worse stats than Dak Prescott and a worse record. Um, He had four amazing games in a row and that just took the whole country by storm and it was inflated. He did not beat the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans gave them the game. He did not beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs gave him the game. Rams didn't give him the game. And that's what I'm explaining here with this Steelers situation. When you play a real NFL team that doesn't feel like giving away the game, this is what this guy is. I, I Four interceptions, way too aggressive, way too cocky, thinking he can make every play. This is a seven-win football team. You lose at home to a divisional rival when you got to play them again in their house, and that's the Steelers. That's not even the Ravens. The Browns look good. Bengals are going to be playing a tough schedule. I, I think that is not an overreaction. I do believe that Joe Burrow is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Who else would you put there? Herbert? Allen? It's Burrow. This, this run that they had in the playoffs last year was not because of Joe Burrow. I know they showed him with the chain on and the sweater and the glasses, but he wasn't the one that did this. The Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City completely gave the Bengals the game. And don't get me started on the Titans. You get nine sacks and you lose a game at home. That is not Joe Burrow being the dog. Yes, he was the absolute dog against the Raiders and in the regular season. But I am not going to sit here and act like he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's not. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. In a heartbeat over Joe Burrow. In a heartbeat. And I'll take Lamar Jackson any day of the week over him anyway. I do not think this guy is that good. He's a top ten quarterback, but he's not top five. And people wanted to say he was the MVP of the league best quarterback in the NFL, coming for your throats. He can't even win a week one game against Mitchell Trubisky and a terrible Steelers offense. He is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Not an overreaction. All right, uh, real quick, I just want to... So this coming Monday, there is a double dip of Monday Night Football, but it's not a double header. They're on at the same time. And I just want to get this out there and have this soundbite. I think this is one of the dumbest things that the NFL has ever done. And normally they absolutely dominate in the TV space. 
usually the ideas are brilliant and fantastic aside from Booger McFarlane being up on a crane. That might have been more ESPN. But this is the dumbest thing they have ever done in the history of doing this. Two Monday night football games essentially on at the exact why? What are you doing? The the whole reason why people love Monday night football is cuz it's the one game. Why would you take away viewership? Like you could have you could have done this at the as a double header like you have done in the past and got twice the viewership. This is one of the weirdest decisions ever. It's got to be some sort of TV deal, but this is idiotic, moronic. The fans hate it, the media hates it. Literally everyone hates this idea of the Titans and the Bills being on at the exact same time as the Vikings and the Eagles. These are incredible matchups. Two of the biggest fan base brands in the NFC against the biggest fan base brand in, the, in up against in the AFC. What are you doing, NFL? Roger, this is a bonehead. This is an L. This is a giant L. This is so dumb. Two Monday games at the exact same time when it's the one day that everybody knows is one game is stupid. Do a doubleheader. Put one on Tuesday. This is moronic. Everyone hates this. Terrible idea. Sometimes you just got to read the room and just go, oh, that's a bad idea. Never again. But no, they're going to do this multiple times. If anyone has any idea why this would make sense in any way, shape, or form, please email me. No credentials with Sean Leary at gmail.com. Thank you so much for however you are listening, by the way, whether it's iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, iTunes. Thank you so much. Wherever you get your podcast, really appreciate it. And you can always email the show. No credentials with Sean Leary at gmail.com. All right, let's get out of here with some picks. Week two. All right, week two, NFL picks. I'll give you my final, and then we'll get out of here. All right, Thursday night football. I like the Chiefs over the Chargers. Chargers don't have Keenan Allen. Give me the Chiefs 31-24. Chargers score a touchdown late to keep it close, but I don't think it's going to be that close without Keenan. Ravens 28, Dolphins 20. Uh, you know I like the Ravens, and it's just tough to win in Baltimore for their home opener. Steelers 20-17 to over the Pats. The Steelers' home opener, and the Patriots might be one of the worst teams in the NFL. If they didn't have Bill Belichick as a coach, it's a two-win team. Uh, I got the Giants upsetting the Panthers. Baker Mayfield just hasn't won a lot of games. Dayball will be feeling good. Give me the Giants in an upset just because I don't think the Panthers are any good. Uh, Browns 28, Jets 13. I got Giants 19, Panthers 12, by the way. Browns 28, Jets 13. The Jets offense just is so bad. Browns defense completely underrated or properly rated. I can't quite tell. And they're in their home opener. Uh, Colts over the Jags. I know it's at Jags and they never win there, but the it, the Colts are bound to stumble into a win down there. Thirty, I'm sorry, twenty three twenty Colts over the Jags. Uh, Bucks thirty, Saints twenty seven. Another one. Bucks are due. They got to go in there and get a win. They're so much better than the Saints in my opinion. Um, they're favored by three. They should win by three. Lions thirty, Commanders twenty three. I don't like the Commanders. I know I'm uh, said the fan base is optimistic, but. The Lions are due for a good statement win, and I think they get this one. Come on, Lions. 30-23. 49ers, 34. Seahawks, 17. I think it's a big bounce-back spot for the Niners. Uh, the Seahawks' defense isn't any good, and it's at 49ers. I think Geno will have a tough time up there. Uh, coming off a loss, you know Kyle's going to be crazy. Shanahan system. 34-17. 49ers bounce back. Rams, 30. Falcons, 16. Falcons with another demoralizing loss. Now they go across the country to the Super Bowl champs after they got bounced. 
Give me them in an easy one. Rams 30, Falcons 16. Raiders Cardinals has a chance to be the game of the weekend. Whoever loses that game is in trouble. I got the Raiders 30, Cardinals 29. You know how I feel about Kingsbury. I think he blows it in the end, and the Raiders get a dub. Home opener for the Raiders. Broncos 28, Texans 17, Broncos home opener. Uh, It's a bounce-back spot. I think they score four tutties. Texans just don't have enough on the road. Bengals 20, Cowboys 13. Cowboys are terrible. Season's over. Bengals don't look good. Micah gets some sack, gets some sacks. Bengals 20, Cowboys 13. Sunday night football, I got the Packers 24, Bears 13. Packers own the Bears. The Packers are my survivor pick. It's the home opener, and they're bound to bounce back. Monday night games, I got the Bills 35, Titans 21. I just think the Bills are better than the Titans. We could get a massive Derrick Henry game, but it's in Buffalo. Give me the Bills. Cruise 35, Titans 21. And in the late game, or I don't know if it's the late game, but in the other game, I got Eagles 24, Vikings 22. I really want to pick my Vikings, but home opener. Philly's crowd is insane. I think they run the ball really well. Um, It'll be close. Don't be surprised if the Vikings win, but... It's so they never play well up in Philadelphia. Uh, it is early, so it won't be cold. We'll see. I got the Eagles twenty-four, Vikings twenty-two. Boom! That's a great app. That's a great week one recap, week two preview app. Thank you so much for being around. Thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can email the show uh, no credentials with Sean Leary at gmail.com or you can hit me up on Instagram at Sean Leary Bits. Thank you so much for listening, however, you are listening. See ya.